First, the bad news. SAP Business AI won't help you generate cubist versions of your family's holiday photos. But it will help you understand which supplier is best to help you roll out your plant-based packaging in Southeast Asia. Or identify the training your junior project manager needs to rise up the ranks. And automate repetitive tasks while you focus on big innovations. So you can be ready for the next opportunity. Revolutionary technology. Real-world results. That's SAP Business AI. Thursdays. Firefighters, we're family. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. The subject has explosive chemicals. Get down! With fiery romances. You're the love of my life. And Andy is finally in charge. I'm going to be the best damn captain the station has ever seen. Station 19, all new Thursdays, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Limbaugh shared his comedy for years. Now you'll hear it here. It's the Rob Carson Show. It is the uh, Rob Carson Show, and I guess we had a pretty uh, spicy day as far as airline travel this morning. I'm not uh, traveling by airline, but this on the heels of uh, the big uh, what? Uh, what was that thing called? As a uh, cold storm, whatever. I was in the middle of it, uh, you know, the freezing temperatures all the way down into Texas, and uh, Southwest Airlines uh, bore the brunt of delays. But commercial airline flights in the U.S. grounded Wednesday morning due to a mass system failure. The Federal Aviation Administration said it experienced a computer outage as one was working to fix the problem. Apparently, Pete Buttigieg uh, plugged the uh, hairdryer into the same outlet as the toaster. That's uh, that's the rumor that I've heard right now. We, we're still working on the story. We're still working on it. Our best people are working on it. Actually, it's just me. But anyway, President Joe Biden uh, actually uh, uh, responded to the news of the catastrophic Federal Aviation Administration computer outage by ordering the department to turn the systems back on. You know, and this is why he's the president. I mean, duh, you, just, you turn the thing back on. I, I'm the president. I demand it. I demand that, it, that the, you turn it on. I'm sorry, what were you talking about? And do we have pudding tonight for dinner? That's it. Yeah. Uh, the president directed the DOT FAA to restore the system quickly and safely. We wouldn't have thought of that otherwise. I mean, I mean, without Joe Biden as the president, who the hell would have thought about that? You just would have sit there and went, you know, that kind of thing. Just Well, that's what Pete Buttigieg would have done because, you know, he's probably on vacation. Uh, anyway, so the system outage caused thousands of flights uh, delayed across the country and uh, all flights to uh, uh, FAA ordered all flights to delay departures until after nine, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Anyway, there you go. Who the heck knows, to be quite honest? Who the heck knows? It could be a hack. It could be Russian disinformation. <laughs> who, really, who really knows? Hi. How are you today? Here's the phone number if you'd like to be a part of the show. It's 800-922-6680. We've got a lot of good stuff on the show today. A couple friends of the show are going to be joining us. Doug Collins, former congressman from Louisiana, ranking minority member of the House Judiciary Committee. Now he hosts a podcast, among other things. Going to be joining us today. And then James Rosen. This guy's a legend. He's a real reporter. He's working for Newsmax now. He's going to join us as well. How about that? I, I'm sure he has a little bit to say about the the uh, Joe Biden, what was it, the uh, Penn Biden Center. <laughs> the Penn Biden Center. I got to tell you, I mean, used to, used to you know, you, you, you serve in Congress or whatever, you get your name on a building, you know. Or you serve as a president, they, uh, you know, put, put down a lot of money. 
build you a presidential library that nobody really goes to. You know, libraries, okay, sure, whatever. Uh, but now now you, you get these big old endowments. You create these gigantic endowments. And uh, I'm going to get to all of that in a second because Hillary Clinton and Bill Clinton really uh, set the table for this. And, and uh, when you hear how much uh, money went to the Penn Biden Center after Joe Biden said he was going to run for president, <laughs> it's like, oh, man. I mean, you know. Uh, bought and paid for. I mean, just completely bought and paid for. And, and, and you know why I know that? Because I'm not stupid, really. It's it's just they. Uh, you know, there's a word that starts with W H and ends in O R E that I would uh, use to describe uh, the Biden family uh, and other politically corrupt families that uh, sell influence to our uh, to our enemies like Russia and China. But before I do that, former President Donald Trump, who has been left in the rearview mirror of history, is no longer the history of the Republic here. He is no longer the uh, the future of the Republican Party. I know this cuz Meghan McCain said it. And Joe Scarborough said it. And every other rhino in the world said it. But it's not what you're saying. It's kind of weird. It's really weird that way. Um, this is Morning Consult. They did a, a poll, a 2024 GOP primary tracker survey, January 6th through the 8th. 46% of potential Republican primary voters support Trump and his bid for the president. Ron DeSantis sits back 13 points, 33%. What? 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 I thought that he was in. Here comes DeSantis clause. I thought this is. And I got nothing against Ron DeSantis. I think Ron DeSantis is one of the only people in the country who could step in and be the president of the United States. But, you see, there's this other guy named Donald Trump who did it for four years, did a great job, and kind of got screwed out of the second four years. But I can't say that because it's disinformation. Anyway, a lot of people think that Donald Trump's work isn't done because he did a really good job. Oh, and and you know what happened last week in Congress with uh, Kevin McCarthy having to do what we ask and not just get rubber stamped for House Speaker? Uh, You can can, uh, thank Donald Trump for that. Yeah, 100%. And then the midterms, 219 victories to like 19 defeats for Donald Trump. Yeah. Mitch McConnell, not so much. So Ron DeSantis is in second place at 33%, 9% for uh, uh, Mike Pence, who's never going to be the president. Uh, 3% said they, <laughs> who are these people? This must be in states where weed is legal. 3% say they would vote for uh, Liz Cheney. While uh, former ambassador to the United Nations Nikki Haley and uh, and Ted Cruz each have two percent of the vote, I, you know I'm not sure either one of those have a chance either. To be quite honest, in the immediate future, Governor Greg Abbott, um, uh, let me see, uh, uh, Tim Scott, and uh, former ter- Secretary of State Mike Pompeo all sit at one percent apiece. So uh, there you go. That's uh, Donald Trump apparently does not appear to be wanting to go quietly into the night, and it also appears that. Uh, Neither are his voters. Yeah. Yeah, they're just hoping it'll go away. It's kind of like that uh, the election theft in Arizona. They're just hoping it'll go away. Katie Hobbs has uh, put together this little uh, ham-handed, I guess, uh, election task force or whatever where she's not going to do anything and then claim that there's no election fraud. Uh, BS. All right. Oh, here's some good news. Just real good news for all of you guys in the military who were uh, canned or threatened to be canned for not taking the vaccine. The Biden Pentagon released a memo from Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin uh, 
uh, that formally rescinded its COVID-19 military vaccine mandate after Republicans forced the administrations to back down uh, via defense legislation last month. There you go. The memo rescinds the vaccine mandate for both active duty National Guard and Reserve Forces. Austin ordered in October 24, 2021, all forces be uh, fully vaccinated or face discharge. Uh, at least 8,400 troops were discharged with several tens of thousands who had applied for accommodation requests. All of them denied, including the religious. All of them. So there you go, Lloyd Austin. There's another guy. Add to the impeach list. I- impeach, remove, repeat. Impeach, remove, repeat. Pentagon Inspector General indicated in a memo to Austin that blanket denials of religious accommodation requests potentially ran afoul of the law. But when did the law have anything to do with the nonsense associated with COVID? And I'm willing to say right now, all of it, 99% of all the things that you and I went through with regard to COVID were bullcrap. School closings, mask wearing, COVID mandates, COVID uh, you know, uh, uh, passports, business closings, uh, uh, no sporting events, no concerts, no backyard barbecues, etc. It was all bull crap. And I could say that now without being uh, kicked off of Twitter, but I did get kicked off yesterday for just saying that COVID was a scam on Facebook. <laughs> I didn't even detail anything. I just called it a scam. They kicked me off. It's so glorious. They're still at it. They're just still at it. Uh, the, the, uh, still, the Pentagon uh, refused to reconsider rescinding until Republicans in the House uh, and Senate uh, had it uh, rescinded. So there you go. Now what we need to do is make sure that uh, all of those who were uh, denied or who were removed from service are reinstated uh, with back pay. So there you go. And then also, you know there's a big uh, nurse strike in New York because you know why? Because they don't have enough people working there. They don't have enough nurses. So nurses are having to do twice the work. And uh, do you suppose maybe some of that might have been the fact that they fired so many people in the city of New York for not getting their vaccine? There you go. There you go. So this is uh, this is pretty uh, pretty pretty amazing stuff. Did you realize that at least fifty four million dollars has been donated by Chinese communist linked uh, individuals or entities between twenty fourteen and twenty nineteen to the Penn Biden Center for Diplomacy and Global Engagement in Washington D.C. Uh, in Washington at the University of Pennsylvania, according to public records. Did you know that? Yeah, I mean, $54 million, and it's not even classes or anything. It's just a, it's a storefront. It's just an office. That's all it is. They're, they don't do anything. They don't teach anything. They just gather money. And the University of Pennsylvania apparently is completely down with it. University of Pennsylvania announced it would uh, create the Biden Center in 2017, the same year then-Vice President Joe Biden left the White House. Now, by the way, do you know the last thing that he did on his last day? This is according to Tucker Carlson. Last thing that Joe Biden did, the last thing in his, his professional responsibilities as Vice President of the United States, what was it? Do you know? He flew to Ukraine. You know, 
That's what everybody does. You know, that's that whole vice presidential leave office visit Ukraine tradition that we've had. You know, nothing to see here other than the fact that his brother or his son uh, that same year was uh, involved in, uh, oh, let's see, the uh, the gas company, the Ukrainian gas company there. And, uh, and uh, you know, uh, also in 2017, I'll be doing about this, but Joe Biden uh, 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 flew uh, apparently uh, to China and uh, got a 1.5 uh, billion dollar uh, hedge fund deal with the Chinese Energy Corporation and a few things like that, just a little stuff like that. According to the Washington Free Beacon, uh, some of the funds were given by Shanghai real estate developer Zhu Jingjing, Ping, Sing, or other. Uh, oh, that's so racist. No, it's not. I just can't pronounce his name. Who uh, reportedly has no immediate connection to the university. In 2011, Zhu faced uh, corruption allegations in China, was never charged. And generally, what they say is when that happens, it means they have a real close relationship with the Chinese Communist Party. It's kind of crazy. The uh, National Legal and Policy Center director, Tom Anderson, said, We've asked uh, and pursued the larger network of individuals and institutions who benefited from millions doled out by foreign interests connected to Hunter Biden's work in China and Ukraine. But there you go. Uh, Joe Biden uh, got a whole heck of a lot of money into his uh, Penn Biden Center. They they upped their donations. China upped its donations 400%. As soon as Joe Biden announced his candidacy for the presidency, China inserted $50 million into the center after Biden's announcement he was running. It's kind of weird because also when Hillary Clinton was the Secretary of State and signed off on Uranium One, the New York Times said cash flowed into Clinton Foundation amid the Russian uranium deal. And it's kind of weird because the foundation folded after Hillary Clinton lost in 2016. Other than that, it's all about academia and young people and uh, and teaching the young people because they're our future. Or it's all just a giant money laundering scam. I'm going to kind of lean toward the latter because of, uh, you know, all the evidence and stuff. All right, here's the number. It's 800-922-6680. Kevin McCarthy's first week as Speaker of the House. Got some great audio there. A landmark lawsuit going after those who would call what we say misinformation and disinformation. And we have a seed. Where the word came from, it came from on high. Uh, Actually, just slightly above sea level. Washington, D.C. This, my friends, is The Rob Carson Show. His pronouns are he and man. His adjectives are awesome and excellent. And his interjections are hell and yeah. It's the Rob Carson Show. Three sources tell CBS News the classified documents were discovered in this building about a mile from the White House at the offices of the Penn Biden Center, a foreign policy research institute set up after President Biden left the vice president. I want to see all the research they're doing. Uh, I'll have to Google some of the papers that they produce that are so beneficial to mankind. According to a source familiar with the matter, the classified documents are small in number and were found in November in a box among unclassified material. Sources would not characterize how sensitive the documents are. Responding to requests from CBS News, the White House counsel said that on November 2nd of last year, before the midterm elections, lawyers for President Biden were cleaning out office space at the center when they discovered the documents. Kind of weird that it happened right before the election and we didn't find out about it until uh, 
Oh, I guess yesterday. Marked classified in a locked closet. They stopped the work and contacted the White House. White House lawyers then reached out to the National Archives, which is responsible for the records. The archives... But, you know, it, it's kind of crazy because uh, Donald Trump had some classified materials at Mar-a-Lago. And, uh, and the media wanted him really... Uh, they wanted him arrested and executed if, uh, for espionage. The Trump people represented that they provided all the classified or national security information and didn't. Uh, that's a serious problem. No one is above the law. Except and the you. rule of law in a democracy um, you know, has to be our standard. No person is above the law, not even the president of the United States, not even a former president of the United States. You know, it, it's funny because uh, Joe Biden apparently just took these documents and they were in the Penn Biden Center <laughs> that was paid for by the Chinese Communist Party. <laughs> and the documents that were packed up from the White House when uh, Donald Trump left were in, uh, in a box uh, under lock and key. The DOJ had gone and visited and said, oh, nothing really to see here. Here's an, Just go ahead and keep them locked up. We'll, you're cool. No big deal. And then uh, a couple months later, the 80, uh, I, uh, 80 uh, what, um, uh, the FBI agents raided Mar-a-Lago. First time in history everything's been done like this to a, an ex-president. It was a, it was a, it was a uh, uh, blanket search warrant to find anything. It was very common in what you see in banana republics everywhere, but uh, apparently not necessary with uh, with Joe Biden uh, and his uh, his global what uh, China uh, the Penn Biden Center is what <laughs> Penn Biden Center uh, operates out of the University of uh, Pennsylvania. Chinese uh, donated four hundred percent more as soon as Joe Biden said he was going to run for president. <laughs> oh man, this is fantastic. Uh, the uh, charges that in 2017, out of a total of $7.7 million in donations from China, 500000 came from anonymous donors. After Biden launched his campaign in 18, the total jumped to $27 million, with anonymous donors giving $15 million. And in 2019, Chinese donors gave $27 million, $6 million anonymously, after he uh, mentioned that he would have lots to sell. I mean, he became the, uh, the vice president, or at least he was going to run for president is what it is. And at the same time, I see I got a good memory uh, for a lot of things. Not very good with names, but uh, man, I remember some stuff when it involves government malfeasance. Uh, did you realize that the Clinton Foundation, um, their their uh, their uh, donations plunged when Hillary Clinton lost her election bid? They dropped from two hundred sixteen million dollars in twenty sixteen to just twenty six million in twenty seventeen. Eighty eight percent drop. Throughout Clinton's tenure as Secretary of State, the foundation pulled in $254 million a year. <laughs> this is so, it's just laughable how corrupt these people are. I mean, my God in heaven. Uh, the Russians gradually assumed control of Uranium One. Three separate transactions from 29 to 2013. A flow of cash made its way to the Clinton Foundation. It's kind of weird. Uranium One's chairman used his family foundation to make four donations totaling $2.35 million, among other things. Uh, whether the donations played any role in the approval of the Uranium One deal is unknown, but the episode underscores the special ethical challenges presented by the Clinton Foundation, headed by the former president, president who relied heavily on foreign cash to accumulate $250 million in assets, even as his wife helped steer American foreign policy as Secretary of State. This is according to the New York Times. 
Wow. And now we know that Joe Biden got, uh, what, 400% increase uh, after he decided he was going to run for president. Yeah. The uh, National Legal and Policy Center stated in its 12-page complaint that Hunter, Hunter Biden's laptop reveals the 2017 text linking CEFC China Energy with the Penn Biden Center. CEFC apparently tried to lobby American politicians without registering as a foreign lobbyist. At the same time, Hunter had been trying to work a deal with the CEFC in which Joe could receive a 10% equity stake in the deal, according to a whistleblower, Tony Bobolinsky, who was Hunter's business partner. And he was. He was. He really was. Yeah. Yeah, uh, uh, Representative Elise Stefanik, the third highest-ranking Republican House member, says that the Biden's uh, classified stash at Penn Biden Center raises national security questions. The fact that the former president inappropriately maintained and kept classified materials at his unsecured think tank raises serious questions about national security, particularly when the documents were related to Ukraine when uh, President Biden's uh, family members were on the Ukrainian payroll at the uh, gas company Burisma. That was under investigation by a prosecutor that Joe Biden said, fire him and you don't get a billion dollars in loan guarantees. Other than that, they do great work. Uh, The double standard exposed. I'll share that coming up. This is The Rob Carson Show. They won't give you the facts. They don't tell the truth. Their bias is incredible. Now, millions are turning to Eric Bowling, The Balance, to get the real story. Watch him on Newsmax. What does Colgate mean by live life to the brightest? Could it be a rich glass of red sipped inside a Parisian cafe on a snowy night when my gaze is met by a tall, mysterious... I mean, brushing is directed with Colgate Optic White Pro Series Toothpaste gives you a visibly whiter smile in just three days, so you can live life to the brightest and finish that glass without worrying about teeth stains. Colgate Optic White. Find it at all major retailers. Say it loud and proud. Let's go, Brandon. It's the Rob Carson Show. It is the Rob Carson Show. We have a very special guest on the Newsmax Hotline. I watch his show every night because I love his take on uh, world events. He is uh, a preeminent political commentator, also now author of Justice for All, How the Left is Wrong About Law Enforcement. He is Mr. Greg Kelly of Newsmax, and he joins us on the hotline. How are you doing today, sir? Well, I'm terrific, Rob, and uh, thank you for your support. I uh, know you watch, and uh, quite frankly, I'm proud of that program. You know, we, uh, we're doing some interesting things, and um, I just appreciate your support, and uh, thank you. Great to be here. Hey, Greg, I want to ask you before we get into your, uh, your book, uh, have you ever seen anything like the last couple of years with the uh, government, the mainstream media, and big social media telling you your opinion is misinformation or disinformation and then banning it. Have you ever seen anything like this in your life, sir? You know, when I was in second grade, I went to the movies and I saw a film called Logan's Run. Yeah. And uh, sci-fi picture. And I think it was <laughs> yes. something along those lines. No, not in my, not, not in my lifetime. And uh, although I guess we have seen it in our lifetimes in other countries. In other countries. This is so non-American, un-American, weird. And we are so clearly on the right side, Rob, 
uh, I feel free and vindicated, um, but I'm not sure if that's going to last forever. I have some concern. I, you know, I, I was chatting with Dinesh D'Souza not too long ago, very critical of Barack Obama. What did they do to him? They turned his life upside down with uh, audits and, uh, oh, you, you overpaid a political candidate by 200 bucks. They try to throw him in jail. So, um, no, no. Other countries, yes. Sci-fi, yes, but uh, not in my lifetime. Here in America, no. You know, uh, a friend of mine named Chris Bland is a syndicated talk show host, and he says that the uh, the only standards that Democrats have are double. Uh, and when you, look at, when you look at the classified documents of the Penn-Biden Center, by the way, which doesn't do anything but raise money from China, uh, what are your thoughts on, on the classified documents at uh, the Penn-Biden Center being perfectly fine, but uh, documents that had actually been inspected by the DOJ at Mar-a-Lago under lock and key with the Secret Service, uh, suddenly that became uh, raidable, uh, 80 agents raiding the uh, the former president's home. Uh, what are your thoughts about that double standard and what they found at the Penn-Biden Center? Well, I always thought that Donald Trump was completely uh, in the clear and uh, was exonerated before he was even implicated. You know, on Inauguration Day uh, 2021, uh, Donald Trump returns to Mar-a-Lago as president. I think this is important. He arrives at Mar-a-Lago at about 11.20 in the morning. He's still president of the United States. He was not at the inauguration, as you know. Joe Biden becomes president at 11.45. Up until the very last second of his presidency, Donald Trump had every right, um, every authority to access anything he wanted in the federal government. That's an important distinction. So he arrives there. And I think the case can be made with these documents. And, of course, he has the authority to uh, uh, declassify anything. And Cash Patel has told us he did that. Uh, Joe Biden has no such authority as vice president or a former vice president. And here's something else. You know, we said that Trump went right to Mar-a-Lago from the White House. Uh, there is about a year that went by uh, where you know, Joe Biden is not vice president. Uh, he's not the uh, honorary professor at the Penn Biden Institute. It's not set up uh, fully until early 2018. So where were these documents for that year, for that yeah. one year? Yeah. Uh, yeah. A lot of I think this is a big problem, big problem for Joe. I know the media is trying to minimize it. Some do smell a little blood in the water. I think that this is uh, potentially a shot across the bow. You know, there are plenty of Democrats who don't think Joe should run. Yeah, there you go. That's exactly what I was thinking yesterday. Uh, it was a way to uh, to get Joe Biden to bow out gracefully. That's kind of the feeling I'm getting. Because, Greg, i got to tell you, there's no way the man's going to run for president in 2024. Uh, you know, dementia doesn't get better, and it's nothing against anybody who has it. It just, there are some things that will not improve. There's no way. So I think, it's, I think it is a convenient way for the Democrat Party to uh, do what they can in the next couple of years to save Joe Biden's leg legacy, to keep him from being labeled worst president in the history of the country, but also to say, hey, Joe, uh, probably not a good time to run for president. Let me talk to you about this. And, and I, Greg, I heard you yesterday, and I know that your book has got to be pretty darn powerful because Sean Hannity invited you on his show, and you technically compete with him on television, but you were on his show yesterday talking about your new book, Justice for All. You obviously have an entire life affiliated with uh, law enforcement. Your dad uh, his, he is a former New York uh, PD commissioner, uh, legendary man. You, uh, you have served in the Marine by in the marine
Marines, and, and I appreciate your service. Uh, why, why did this uh, book, uh, why did you go with this direction as far as a book is concerned? What drove you to say, I've got to say some things, use my life experience and research to get this story out? Well, primarily my experience here in New York City and seeing what has happened to the police and what has happened to public safety. Uh, they have been unfairly demonized. Uh, they have been unfairly, they're trying to cancel police. And Black Lives Matter, you know, corporate America have signed up for that movement so thoughtlessly, so quickly. And they didn't read the fine print. And actually, it's not, uh, it's not that fine. It's in, it's in pretty bold letters in, uh, in their parts. Uh, they want to abolish police. They want to abolish prisons. They want to abolish capitalism. And I've never seen a rebuttal in support of law enforcement in an organized fashion uh, presented. And I wanted to do that. But I also, and there, this is a, you know, this is a shout out for cops and I, I, law enforcement. I mean, we love them. We support them. It was already a tough job, a uh, dangerous job. Now we've made it a job where they can get prosecuted far too easily, quite frankly. Um, but there is an exception I carve out for the January 6th cops. Uh, Washington, D.C., and the Capitol, they have a big problem with that Capitol Hill Police Department. And those Capitol Hill cops who let in the protesters, who shot an unarmed woman, and now are lecturing America about how to behave. Harry Dunn is one of those cops. And I don't know if you've seen him, but on, let, let me describe his weekend. On Friday, he was uh, getting a gold medal from the president. On Saturday, he was on MSNBC being featured. On Sunday, he was on the George Stephanopoulos show, <laughs> big profile. Yeah. And then he's tweeting up a storm, warning incoming members of Congress that they better do their job or else. Now, this is an armed Capitol Hill police officer. He's not been elected. He has a job exerting that kind of authority, that kind of <laughs> – I mean, that to me, this is the beginning of fascism. Yeah. And maybe it took somebody like – and I don't think, actually, it should take somebody like me. One of my messages in the book, actually, is we support people in uniform, but you should never be intimidated by somebody in uniform. Cops are great, and we support them, and they deserve our respect. But they are public servants, servants. Citizens are in charge in this country. And it seems like <laughs> they're trying to design it at – we serve the government, and I'm not going to stand for that. I'm not going to stand for that. Yeah. Greg, your, uh, your, your dad, obviously a uh, uh, legendary New York uh, PD commissioner. When you were growing up, uh, what kind of influence did you get from him? Um, and, and, and what was it like when, you, when your dad came home from work? And what did you think about your dad uh, as a kid, uh, as, as a police officer? There must have been an enormous amount of pride and, and respect instilled in you, clearly, with regard, to, uh, with regard to policing. But tell me just real quick about, about your dad and, and growing up and why this is so important to you. Well, you know, actually, I, what, what comes to mind immediately and, of course, such respect for my father. I knew I had a special dad pretty early on. But when I was about five years old, I only had a vague idea of what he did. And uh, around the house, we said he caught bad guys. And uh, that's what that was his job. <laughs> but it, he didn't go to work like other men um, that I saw on, on, on police shows. He didn't wear a uniform. So I was confused about what he did. Then one day, we all go to the department store 
to return a, a, a present, a gift, my brother's birthday gift. It didn't work. I remember it so vividly. We go to Times Square stores. My mother goes in with this toy aircraft carrier to return it. My brother and I are playing around in the car. And all of a sudden, my father hits the gas. We go from zero to 100, it seemed, in a half a second. I have never felt a car move like that. We're bouncing over uh, traffic islands, and we said, what, what happened? What, what happened? And he what said, happened? somebody did something bad. And Whoa. there it was. That's what he does. He's at work. Oh, when we're here. And somebody had stolen a purse, and we were along for the ride. And uh, this is the first time I ever saw him uh, pull his gun out. <laughs> and he pointed it at somebody. Oh. And um, it's all in the book. And I remember what the man said wow. to my father. He said, go ahead and shoot me. I have nothing to live for. And it was quite a wow. I, I, I had a lot of sympathy for the criminal who got away, by the way. However, my dad got the pocketbook back. And what really impressed me, bottom line on this, is by the time we got home from that trip to the department store, my dad was finished talking about the story. It was on to, do we need milk? <laughs> What's on TV tonight? Because this, this was his day job. This was not a big deal for him. This was one of the... You know, highlights of my life. I still talk about it. I still think it's amazing. And this is wow. one of, uh, you know, 40,000 uh, such adventures he's had. Greg, I uh, have been to the Newsmax studios a couple of times now, and there's a little pre police precinct right around the corner. And I always, when I see it, whenever I'm in New York and I, and I stop by, I always thank the police officers who are there. And every time I'm in New York, I don't care if they're directing traffic or whatever, I say thank you to the police. And I'm going to tell you, I, they are genuinely, they are genuinely receptive, and they love to hear that. Uh, why why do people continue to serve, particularly in, uh, in New York City, Greg? Because the money isn't worth it very much. And and uh, and you know the prestige is is shot to hell because of the treatment of the police by the Democrat Party, Black Lives Matter, and others. Why do people still sign up for this? I mean, I thank God that they do, but why do they, Greg? Well, fewer and fewer are signing up for it, uh, understandably so. And a lot are leaving the police department. Almost four thousand cops resigned uh, this year so far. That is a staggering number. Um, it's something we haven't seen this kind of attrition uh, since the 1970s, and those were forced layoffs. Uh, the job has become um, uh, look. Let me put it to you this way: I knew a lot of guys in the Marine Corps, myself included. Quite frankly, we were willing to sacrifice our life for our country. All right, that's part of the thing you got to do. And and a lot of these cops are willing to sacrifice their life to save someone and that kind of thing. However. Very few people, if anybody, are willing to sacrifice their career. Does that make sense? It's kind of an interesting because yeah, now, yeah. now we have police officers just for doing their job. They stand a very good chance of being arrested. I'm talking about if you're wrestling with a suspect and you grab him the wrong way by the chest, you could be arrested. This is insane stuff. We have made their job insanely difficult. And understandably, they're leaving, and understandably, they're kind of conflicted uh, in executing their job, and ultimately, uh, public safety is plummeting. Safety is plummeting. Yeah. 
Greg, I uh, I want to thank you for joining me on the show today. It has been uh, a while coming. I know you're very busy, but I thank you for taking the time. That story about your dad is worth every penny uh, as far as this book is concerned. But I can't imagine the uh, the stories that you have to share and the and the thoughts you have to say. I want to thank you for defending law enforcement. I think we're at a precipitous moment and a turning point where people are kind of done with the nonsense. Uh, I hope that uh, that uh, I am proven uh, right. But uh, I greatly appreciate you joining me, Greg. Justice for all, how the left is wrong about law enforcement. Also, make sure to watch Greg Kelly's show every night on Newsmax. Uh, I, I love, Greg, that you just you don't have a filter. Uh, and, and you are one of the few who are unbending in your uh, principles, and you don't fold, and you don't back off, and you don't capitulate. And I just appreciate that, man. I know it's not easy, but thanks for being on the show today, buddy. Well, I'll- Right back at you. Thank you so much. Thank you for your support. And uh, to be continued, sir, all the best. All right, very good. All right, so there you go. Justice for all. How the left is wrong about law enforcement from the great Greg Kelly. This is The Rob Carson Show. To be a part of The Rob Carson Show, call 1-800-922-6680. That's 1-800-922-6680. I want to thank uh, Greg Kelly for joining me on the show today. Greg Kelly has a show every night, the Greg Kelly Show on Newsmax Television. Barbara in Baltimore. Love, sir, some Greg Kelly. Hello, Barbara. How you doing today? Oh, my gosh. You know, you know, I like to call you when I feel it. You know, like I feel it. Greg <laughs> Kelly. <laughs> you know, um, i just like to thank him uh, for his dad uh, and, and the service of, the, of uh, the police officers and what they do. My dad drove a bus, and the thing about it in New York, that they were all municipal workers. So you had softball teams, uh, they had the the, the ball, uh, the fireman's ball, the bus driver's ball, the policeman's ball, and they were all transit authority and both and, and New York City employees. So that's how the melting pot that I grew up in is. It's, uh, unlike anything that a lot of people would grow up in, because we all interacted in a social way. So it kind of brings back to me the memory of my dad and uh, the, the, the softball games and uh, remembering uh, my stepmom making the gown for the fireman's ball wow. uh, and all of that. Hey, uh, you know. We, we've, uh, Barbara, and, and you know, and you know what? Uh, we are right now being kind of ruled by children who have uh, come along and uh, they've never experienced a, a, a war. They've never experienced a civil rights struggle and all that. Uh, and because they read about an incidence of racism, they suddenly think racism is worse than ever because uh, George Floyd, who is high on a number of things, and I'm not justifying what happened to George Floyd, but because of that incident, suddenly uh, the police need to be completely revamped and, uh, and destroyed. Uh, honestly, just so tired of this nonsense, to be quite honest. Uh, people who don't have any life experience uh, suddenly deciding that uh, they know better for the rest of us uh, what is going on. And I, and I hope we are at uh, an inflection point uh, in this country. And I'll tell you uh, where I am and where I have been, and that includes a number of locations. There is not a resentment of the police. There is not a, a hatred of the police. There is always a reverence for the police. So this may uh, appear to be the case uh, when you've got radical left organizations trying to defund them, but the, the, the people 
and, and people like you and people like me, we do appreciate the police. Whether or not it's enough to uh, make people want to come become police, uh, you know, uh, I don't know if that's the case. But certainly, I just think I don't think we can go lower as far as uh, as where uh, we are with regard to uh, police and uh, and to police uh, and morale and esteem um, that the, the beating that they've gone through the last couple of years. But hopefully, we're uh, uh, turning things around with regard to that. Unfortunately, in places like Baltimore, not so much. Well, hopefully things are going to change here in Baltimore. Um, I don't expect uh, a whole lot. Of course, we we don't know anything about the incoming administration. I mean, <laughs> the guy's never been in politics, but he's also never really had a business. So I, I can't, um, I, you know, it's a, sort of like a wait and see what happens here. But um, all I know is that uh, we have to have law and order. You've got to have law and order. And um, what Greg Kelly talked about and the camaraderie and uh, the childhood that he had was a lot like the childhood I had uh, with my dad, uh, even though he was he's a bus driver and then he also drove the train. But, you know, they were TA employees and uh, we that's who we we hung out with the kids at, at uh, different events and all kinds of events. We, you know, going to the stadium for the games and stuff. That was something that we grew up with, and that's, that's the melting pot. Yes, exactly. I, I don't Barbara, understand the racism. That yeah, it's bullcrap. It's all bull bullcrap. It's all made up of whole cloth. Uh, you and I are part of the generation. We are the great American melting pot. We never cared about race. We watched the Jeffersons. We watched Roots. We watched uh, the Waltons. It was no big deal. Uh, who cares? Let's. Uh, I got to take a break though. Thanks for the call. This is the Rob Carson Show. Like the show? You can help by subscribing and leaving a five-star review on both Apple and Spotify. It's free. Shipping can make or break a sale, so optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation. They make it easy to automate and manage orders no matter how big your business grows. And they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs. So optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Sign up for your free 60-day trial now at ShipStation.com and use the code P-O-D. That's ShipStation.com with the code P-O-D. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people. And you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Rush Limbaugh shared his comedy for years. Now you'll hear it here. It's the Rob Carson Show. Hour number two of the Rob Carson Show. Joining us at the bottom of the hour will be Doug Collins, former congressman from Georgia. Georgia, Georgia, Georgia. Uh, and also ranking minority leader, House Judiciary Committee, blah, blah, blah. Uh, he's got a lot of great insights on what's happening in Congress with uh, Kevin McCarthy, now the official um, Speaker of the House. Speaker of the House. Do, 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 do. Uh, some good stuff happening there, and I'll explain in a moment. Um, it looks like uh, Joe Biden, he, it's funny, we've gone from this, uh, you know, you leave office. I think, wasn't it Wasn't it uh, uh, Eisenhower who left? Or no, Truman. I think Truman, when he left office, he was dead broke, not a dang dime. And I believe if I'm not mistaken, when Hillary Clinton and Bill Clinton left office, she said they were dead broke, not a dang dime. And then they became multi, 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 multi millionaires. 
it's kind of weird. <laughs> it's kind of weird. And, and now, and now the the thing that uh, that people when they they leave Washington D.C. they create these foundations that don't do anything or provide anything for anyone. All right, go ahead. Somebody give me a Clinton Global Initiative list of things that they did to change the world before they folded after Hillary Clinton lost the election in 2016. And I think restarted. I think it's restarted. But they were getting like a couple hundred million dollars a year, and then, then she uh, lost the election. It dropped to almost nothing, then they just folded it. So I guess maybe that work that they were doing wasn't so important. And then we find out that uh, uh, Joe Biden's, uh, uh, it's called the Penn Biden Center. It's an empty office. It's, uh, it's like one of those old-timey uh, Western sets. You know, have you ever been to a, one of those Western sets? You go on there, you think it's an old, uh, an old uh, town, but it really isn't. It's just the facade of the buildings uh, standing there to create the set. That's kind of what the Penn Biden Center is. <laughs> but the Penn Biden Center got a 400% increase in uh, donations from China, from China of all places, and everything in China is run by the Communist Party. So, you know, it's not like some, uh, you know, autonomous uh, business owner in China gave, uh, you know, millions of dollars to Joe. It was their it was the Chinese Communist Party. It said that's just the way it is. Duh. Uh, duh, uh, duh. So, uh, but Joe Biden says that he had no idea about the classified documents <clears throat> that they found at the Penn Biden Center in Washington, D.C. from when he was the vice president. Now, uh, Donald Trump was a president when there were some classified documents that were packed up and sent to Mar-a-Lago. The Justice Department went there, visited Mar-a-Lago, asked the president about them. The president said, hey, man, they're right here, whatever you need. They said, hey, no problem, Mr. President. Go ahead and keep them under lock and key. We know you have the Secret Service here and all that. Not a big deal. And then they decided to go back and get uh, a fake warrant to raid Mar-a-Lago in an unprecedented fashion for political purposes. That's what happened. That's what it's all about. <laughs> Left wing. But here is Joe Biden saying, well, gosh darn it, I don't know how those classified documents got there and sat there for years unsecured. First, people know I take classified uh, documents and classified information seriously. When my lawyers were clearing out my office... Or did he mean it that way? Did I take classified documents seriously? at the University of Pennsylvania. They set up an office for me, secure office in the Capitol when I, the four years after being vice president, I was a professor at Penn. He was a professor at Penn. No, he wasn't. Uh, they found some documents in a box, you know, locked cabinet, or at least a closet. And the you know, a locked cabinet, a closet, you know, who the hell knows? As soon as they did, they realized <laughs> there were several classified documents in that box as soon as we recognized that those were classified we did something about it uh after the election and they did what they should have done they immediately called the archives immediately called the archives turned them over to the archives now, you know, i think joe i think donald trump did the same thing the, the uh, they invited the doj to come down and check them out the whole deal but somehow it's a real problem that should get to, you know donald trump the electric chair and uh, Joe Biden is really not a big deal. It's kind of funny. This is a report um, from 2018 when Joe Biden said that he had no access to classified documents whatsoever. And oddly enough, he did this interview at the Penn Biden Center. In 2018, Joe Biden addressed his access to classified information in an interview with me. This was in the context of Russia's interference in U.S. elections, and it was in that... Which didn't happen, by the way. Not one little bit in 2016, but Hillary Clinton paid for a dossier, worked with the FBI to create a controversy, to create a scandal that never existed. Office, the Penn-Biden Center. I don't have access to classified information anymore. I don't get briefed every morning by the agency, as I did for eight years. 
Okay, there you go. No, I, I don't know. I don't know. Whatever, sure. This is uh, Mike Mamoli uh, on CNN talking about uh, why Joe Biden didn't disclose the fact that he had uh, classified documents before the election. Well, clearly there's going to be the midterm. some political concern here. The president gearing up for a potential launch of his reelection campaign, and now you have hanging over them uh, this legal cloud. But it was interesting and I think important to note that White House advisors at the highest levels would have known that this issue was ongoing for at least two months. Weird! Given the timeline we were given from the White House yesterday, and so I think one of the questions is about why they've waited for this story to sort of break in the news on its own uh, versus being fully transparent, disclosing this as soon as it happened two months ago. Not kind of the same thing that happened with Hunter Biden's laptop, but this time they had the, or that time they had the FBI actually working with the Bidens. Uh, the FBI, the former chief counsel of the FBI was working at Twitter. He's the guy who came up with the uh, the Russia collusion hoax? Then he left after uh, he you know the election was lost to Donald Trump in 2016, and he was hired in 2018 by Twitter. He got Hunter Biden's laptop literally in 2019. The FBI did, and this guy who went from the FBI to Twitter literally was the guy who uh, was the lead as far as censoring the Hunter Biden laptop before the 2020 election. Yeah, so this is kind of common place. Hide scandals before elections, unless you're their political enemy. All the crooked Bidens have always been a close family. Mm, Real close. When they make the dirty deal, the big guy gets a nice face. This is Jim Gossett. Joe must get his cut. Yeah, that's their one condition. Ten percent. Raking in dough Hunter and Joe is a family tradition. Folks ask him, why do you drink? And why do you do coke? Smoke crack. If your name weren't Biden, you would be flat broke. And a joke. Your Uncle James, he's a crook too. He's always under suspicion. Crime we know to Hunter and Joe. It's a family tradition. Yep, yep. The new house can't bend. They must end this family tradition. They will. Uh, here is uh, what Joy Behar um, yesterday on the Harpies from Hell show. I mean, gosh, I always screw that up. They sound so much uh, very similar. The View or Harpies from Hell. It's real similar. It's right there. It's like The View, Harpies from Hell. It is. It just kind of happens. Here's Joy Behar uh, with uh, the the ultimate double standard. And and honestly, uh, just a really stupid, stupid, ignorant argument for Joe Biden. And, and it's self-explanatory, but I'll. Uh, I'll go ahead and play it. Really, but, I mean, I, I think that no, what you just said is yeah, right. That, yeah. that there are differences in what happened. Yes, but you know, the are not good. Well, we all know that Trump is a liar and a thief. You know. Okay. Um. What did he steal? And what did he lie about? We know that. So it's not that big a jump to say that he obstructed and he lied. We don't think that Biden is a liar. See, it's called a double standard. And a thief, so we give him the benefit of the doubt. Oh, of course, he's a Democrat. You give him the benefit of the doubt is what it is all about. It's probably what's going on. But what I think also is going well, on... This is just, this is just... I would be embarrassed if I brought this to the table as an argument. 
No facts whatsoever, just bumper stickers. This is what the left does. No matter what the truth of it is, Whoopi, they will spin it, Bubblehead and Marjorie Taylor and that crowd, Matt Gates. You think they're not going to spin Who's Bubblehead? I mean, you're the Bubblehead. And this, that is just as bad as Trump. And so the, the lie gets out there. People believe it, just like that Donaldson person, whatever his name is. Byron. What's his name? Byron, Byron Donalds. Wow, she's really well informed. I saw him also. He was at the uh, the fight on the floor, too, yeah. wasn't he? He was nominated for speaker at number yes. people by two people. Yeah. He's the new darling. Oh, dear God. Oh, please. I'm getting a headache here. <sighs> Regroup. It's just when you hear her talk, you lose IQ points. Uh, yeah. Top oversight. Uh, Republicans are opening investigation into Biden's handling of the classified documents. Representative James Comer also launches a probe into the political bias of the National Archives for failing to disclose the president's top secret records possession of the GOP. So there you go. There is some of that. And hopefully they'll do something about it. Because honestly, it's just uh, at this point, it's just... It's so painfully obvious. It's so painfully obvious how corrupt everything is. Uh, and, and I just, I really hope that this is the year that uh, we just finally expose all of this crap. And it looks like we are. Uh, Jim Jordan uh, commented yesterday on the floor of the House. We'll have some of that audio in a moment. But uh, honestly, we, we've been played for too long. Things have become so ungodly corrupt that not only do we have a bourgeois and a proletariat, but we have a, literally have a Bastille in Washington, D.C. And we are faced with the prospect that our uh, electoral system is completely rigged. There is uh, some of that going on, too. So hopefully we can uh, turn this uh, handbasket around before it descends completely into hell. Let's go to Alex in Baltimore. Hello there, uh, Alex. What's going on, bud? Oh, I'm just, um, I'm just talking about the double standard, as you just mentioned. last uh, or Today on NBC, they go um, point by point listing why there's a great difference between the Trump papers and the Biden papers. <laughs> yeah. But... But what they fail to mention, and nobody seems to mention, is that there, the, another major difference between the two is that Bidens were held in the Penn building, which was sponsored by $106 billion from the Chinese, and Trump had them in his own personal residence. And the Chinese would have full access to our top secrets in a locked closet in the building that they owned. They owned. Yeah, yeah, and then there's the whole uh, Hunter Biden uh, being in charge of a $1.5 billion hedge fund for a Chinese energy corporation uh, after visiting China with his old man and departing without Secret Service protection. Other than that, Alex, there's, they're a great family, and, uh, and they, you know, uh, they're not crooked at all, but they who really like are. To, uh, who I like to listen to the most is Dershowitz, and on a, uh, two days ago he was on um, Greta Van Susteren, and he said that... This Hunter Biden, or not Hunter Biden, but this Biden issue with the papers is basically Trump's get out of jail card free because they're identical, in his opinion. Now, this is a legal well, style. And that, We're and not that's... talking about the view. Oh, I love I love uh, uh, Alan Dershowitz. I need to get him back on the show again. He's uh, he's a listener actually. He watches my TV show, and uh, but I do need to uh, do need to have him back on. Um, and and yeah, it is a, a, essentially a get. Well, this is the only reason the the uh, the NBC and the other uh, networks are fighting and uh, fighting for Biden is because they still hope and pray that they can get something out of Trump, whether it be him not being able to run or uh, possible uh, trial and sentencing, which isn't going to happen. But uh, you know what? 
their little house of cards is coming down. That's a very good point because don't forget, the Dems could be behind releasing of these papers five years after they've been hidden in the closet because they don't want Biden to run and they would like to get Harris primary because there's no way she could get through a primary. She barely got through three, three debates. So don't be. That's actually what Greg Kelly. That's exactly what. That's exactly what Greg Kelly alluded to a little while ago. Greg Kelly from Newsmax, who has a new book, and I said that this. And I said yesterday that I thought this was a part of uh, a master plan, which is going to save Joe Biden's legacy, so he's not labeled the worst president in the world or in the in the history of the country, while uh, showing him the door in 2024. I got to run, Alex. Thanks for the phone call, bro. Let's take a break. It's the Rob Carson Show. The left has been trying to get you to hate America for 50 years. And we're fighting it, and we're fighting it hard. Guess what? It ain't working. It's the Rob Carson Show. Our very first bill, we refilled 87,000 IRS agents. We promised to do that. We promised to do it. We made it in our... In our commitment to America, which you've talked a lot about. Now, that is uh, Kevin McCarthy last night on the Sean Hannity Show. He was in Congress uh, yesterday. And uh, Hannity, of course, and, and I have no uh, problem with Sean Hannity. Uh, it's just he kind of uh, didn't uh, appreciate the whole, I don't know, actually demanding that Kevin McCarthy do what people uh, ask him to do and uh, and the bidding of the people and not, uh, you know, just get rubber stamped. But uh, he did uh, come through last night. I thought it was a pretty interesting uh, interview, what I did see of uh, Kevin McCarthy uh, last night. Uh, but I think that I think it's very true that uh, they got the they got the he got the message. He got the message. And you know what? He was able to get that done. Uh, that eighty seven thousand IRS defunding thingy. Uh, he was able to get it done with one hand tied behind his back. And, and that's what we've done. And and you should be happy about it. You should be quite happy that we have tied one hand behind Kevin McCarthy's back. And uh, and as uh, as uh, people begin to think about it and how good it is, uh, they're realizing that last week was awesome, and it should be that way every time there is a new House Speaker a debate over a new House Speaker, and it should happen in both parties. There you go. He has dismissed the drama around his election uh, as entertaining, and he is vowing to uh, investigate out-of-control government, including the FBI, DOJ, Fauci, COVID, China, Afghanistan withdrawal, all of the things that we said, huh, there's something really corrupt going on here. And, uh, and we were right. This is Jim Jordan yesterday echoing something that I've been saying about what the, has happened, what the malfeasance that has happened to us that has intensified the worst than we could ever imagine as far as censorship of free speech, controlling of our lives that happened literally in the last three years. The five rights we enjoy as Americans under the First Amendment, your right to practice your faith, your right to assemble, right to petition the government, freedom of press, freedom of speech, every single one's been attacked in the last two years. There were, there, government was telling people they couldn't go to church just a few years ago. Your right to assemble, your right to petition the government. The Democrats kept the Capitol closed. You couldn't, as a citizen, couldn't come to your... Remember that when they told you you couldn't go to church? And we just went along with it, didn't we? Oh, they got away with so much. They got away with so much. And they got to pay for it now. Capital that you pay for to address your member of Congress, to redress your grievances, because Nancy Pelosi wouldn't let you in. Freedom of the press, I just told you what the head of the Intel Committee tried to do to a journalist. The most important right we have, though, is your right to talk. Because if you can't talk, you can't practice your faith. You wow. can't share your faith. You yep. can't petition your government. Yep. You, 
The right to speak is the most important, and that's what they're going after. Yep. And that's why we've had dozens of whistleblowers come talk to us. We want to focus on that because we want it all to stop. Yep. And I told you the First Amendment was the first to codify in the history of mankind the ability to assemble, to to worship, to speak. And it made us into the greatest engine of individual and economic freedom in the history of mankind. This is uh, Matt Gates yesterday on Charlie Kirk's show saying that uh, what many of us want and one of the priorities that we have is to see that 14,000 hours of videotape in the Capitol surrounding January the 6th. Yeah, Kevin McCarthy told us he's going to get the evidence out in front of the American people. And that means releasing the 14,000 hours of tapes that have been hidden that I think would give more full context to that day rather than the cherry-picked moments that the January 6th committee tried to use. Yeah, I want to see all the destruction. I think that a couple days afterwards, the media was saying there's $100 million worth of damage to the Capitol, even though it opened two hours later. So, yeah, you're being played. ...used to inflame and further divide our country. So, yes, I do believe that part of this deal is a concession that we are going to get the truth out in front of the American people. And you know what? Kevin McCarthy could have, in his victory speech, just said, well, the government is weaponized, but he was very specific in his language. He talked about the weaponization of the FBI specifically. His willingness to do that with particularity, I think, shows that he's ready to lower his shoulder and to get into this fight that so many Americans... So nice to see somebody lower their shoulder and not their uh, standards. Just to be in on behalf of the civil rights that we hold dear. Yeah, and have we've had abused for the last couple of years. Uh, by the way, coming up, uh, an interesting interview and a lawsuit uh, against the legacy media by Robert Kennedy Jr. I've got audio from him. He was banned. I mean, uh, I literally lost my I lost my YouTube channel for months because I posted a Robert Kennedy Jr. video on vaccine injuries. I mean, it's just, it's nuts. It's nuts. Uh, by the way, the House Republicans uh, are going to vote on abolishing the IRS after replacing a national income tax with a consumption tax. All right, so th- this, it's not going to happen. It's wishful thinking. I would hope that the Republicans aren't just posing here, but it kind of uh, feels like they are. Uh, you know, checking in on stuff. I wouldn't go that, that that way, Republicans. You better get some stuff done. Let's take a break. Coming up, Doug Collins. It's the Rob Carson Show. There's only one Rob Carson on the radio. Oh, thank God. It's the Rob Carson Show. Joining us on the phone, uh, one of the favorites of uh, guests that I enjoy to have on the show is Doug Collins, a former congressman from Georgia, ranking minority member of the House Judiciary Committee. We'll get to that in a second. Also hosting uh, the Doug Collins podcast. He joins us on the uh, on the phone. I'll just start with the uh, the championship game this weekend. I mean, that was almost your dogs. Uh, I, I would almost call that a mauling, not just a defeat. <laughs> oh, it, it was. I mean, that game was set up in the first, you know, the first interview that they that right before the game, the the. Uh, Molly asked uh, Kirby Smart, "What is what does he expect from this game?" He said, "Aggression." Wow. And he said, "We're, we're going out to hunt," and that's wow. all he said. And it was yeah. like, "Okay." Yeah. <laughs> and then they went out and did it. They just went hunting. They did, man. They did. Uh, all right. So let's. Uh, there's a lot of stuff on the plate today, uh, Doug. Clearly, you remember the House Judiciary. Uh, Mr. Jim Jordan has kind of taken over uh, investigations of the uh, deep state. Um, what are you What are you hoping will come out of this? Uh, and uh, I would assume, to some degree, you 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 may not have been able to get as much accomplished um, in the time you were there. But uh, it appears that we have that 
chance. What do you, what do you expect to uh, to happen with Jim Jordan in charge? Yeah, I'm glad that uh, you know Jim's in charge, and I mean, I, I was there at a time of when we were having to fight, you know, defensively. I mean, I was having yeah. to fight against Nadler and, and the impeachments and everything else. So, I mean, we took the fight to them, and I think Jim's going to do the same thing with this. Here's what I would expect most, and I think people out there and in, in, you know listening to you and everybody else need to understand: to have your have your expectations, but temper them. And because what's going to happen is, is these are going. My hope for these hearings is they're going to expose some things. They're going to embarrass some things. Sometimes the most powerful weapon in Washington is not a, uh, you know, a bill or anything else. It's just embarrassment. And mm-hmm. and I think some of this is, is it exposed will hopefully, you know, lead to some of the embarrassment that could lead to some systemic change. Because remember, uh, you know, the Republicans can't pass change. On yeah. The yeah. They can only point at it right now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what do you think about this uh, double standard with regard to the Penn Biden Center? Joe Biden, as uh, vice president, apparently got away with some classified documents, some sensitive stuff. And, and Donald Trump had some. They evacuated his office after he left. They brought it to Mar-a-Lago. The DOJ came and visited, checked it out, said, just lock it up. It's no big deal. Then did an unprecedented raid. Uh, what do you think about this whole uh, double standard with regard to Joe Biden classified documents versus Donald Trump today? Hey, Rob, Rob, you do some great uh, improv and stuff on your show with little skits and stuff. I would love to see you get together a skit of the person in the Biden in the Biden comm shop who sits there and sits there and says, OK, we finally got something. We can talk about something else. And then this is I would love to have seen them throw things, yell things like, are you freaking kidding me? Yes. You know, are, are, are you, and, and but a couple of things come to mind here. Number one, it was discovered November 2nd. We just discovered it now as the Republicans are taking over in the House. Number two, here's some just basic basic off the cup in no particular order my questions did they lock up the the office completely did they shut it down did they question every person who's been in that office who had access to the office have they actually talked to anthony blinken who is actually the executive director of this uh group have they actually then went back and searched emails of all of these accounts who actually may have had access to this stuff those are just i'm just getting started my lawyer side of me is off the chart on this because that was what they were doing to everybody else and if they don't do that then again, then it's bad. And I'll say this. Let me step one quick step back. Yes, sir. Donald Trump, Joe Biden, doesn't matter. Here's the part. This we're treating people at the top level, even inherently different than we do our military, which you you get a young E4, E3 who accidentally, you know, and, and inadvertently takes sensitive stuff home or classified stuff home. They are immediately court-martialed. They're immediately wow. discharged, immediately reprimanded. There is none of this, well, he didn't mean to or she didn't mean to. <laughs> yeah. they, no. And, and so, look, I'm not saying either one's guilty. That's, don't hear me here. But I'm, I'm. But we've got to actually develop a standard here. Otherwise, you know, this is going to be a problem. And so I, I look forward to Joe Biden actually having to answer questions about this. I want to ask you about uh, the <laughs> – it's, it's kind of interesting that we've moved in this direction where when someone leaves office uh, as a Democrat, they're able to be become incredibly wealthy. Uh, uh, Hillary Clinton brought hundreds of millions of dollars into the uh, Clinton Global Initiative while she was a Secretary of State. Joe Biden, apparently 400% increase in donations from Communist China when Joe Biden announced that he was going to run for the presidency, which I know it's kind of a stretch, uh, but might suggest there's a little influence peddling going on there. Uh, what do you think about this? I mean, literally, $53 million dollars donated to a, a storefront office associated with the University of Pennsylvania. What do you think about these foundations they're suddenly coming up with that don't do any work but rake in a lot of money from places like Russia or China? 
Well, at that a certain point in time, it goes back to something that, you know, and nobody, especially Democrats and others, and even Republicans don't want to talk about, is, you know, is that set up under, you know, the proper guidelines? I mean, are they dumping money here that they're hiding you either as a foundation or a charity um, in which they're taking write-offs on or they're, or they're funneling money to? Uh, again, it's just it's a frustrating uh, phenomenon that goes on, unfortunately, more than we'll care to know on both sides of the aisle. But it, it, it does present an, an issue here. And this one is even more interesting because I don't think Biden ever actually did anything at this office. That's what that was the more concerning <laughs> part of this. I mean, yes. it, I mean, I'd hate to see where he actually went. What does his house look like in Delaware? I mean, you know, um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, not the White House because he doesn't stay there as often. But, you know, in Delaware, you know, it could be an issue. But but then again, and, I, and I'm I'm trying so hard not to make a, a, a a comedy ex get out of this rock. I'm really trying, <laughs> you know. But oh my God, I you know. know. Did, did he remember that he actually had him or not? I, I mean, to, to to have the audacity to ask him, does he remember that? Is just the the ultimate uh, act of stupidity. This man doesn't remember most of what he's doing every day. It appears. Yeah, and you're asking about documents that were there in an office he probably never visited. Yeah, that's funny. Doug, I, I talked to Greg Kelly from Newsmax, and I've and I've had this echoed uh, by others. Uh, a couple of things have happened in the last uh, few days that have. Been been a little, I don't know, kind of interesting. Uh, you saw the, uh, the 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 story of the documents coming out uh, with the Bi- the Penn Biden Center. You you heard yesterday that Joe Biden uh, apparently regrets shutting down the Keystone XL pipeline and admits that it cost thousands of jobs uh, and raised the price of gas. And also, he he actually went to the uh, southern border for the first time, although he did nothing at all. It was uh, it was a photo op where they swept the peasants out of the way. Yeah. So so the dear leader could walk down the sidewalk uh i just kind of have a feeling that maybe the people who are looking at the polls with regard to joe biden running for president again are saying maybe it's time to do a nice graceful bow out the president can kind of uh, patch up what's left of his presidency and not uh, be relegated to uh worst president in history status uh what do you what do you think about all of this stuff coming together and the possibility of joe biden uh, running for president and winning in 2024. Yeah, well, well, number one, I think the the balloting's already closed for the worst president side, so I think he's already <laughs> won that one. I don't. I mean, he could ask for a recount. Maybe the maybe the absentee ballots will come in and help him there. Yes, but um, you know, I, I think we've already sewn that one up. But uh, yeah, look, I, I, but the question is, and, and this is a I think a fair question. I mean, cause I still do. I do a lot of politics. I, I just I, I'm, I try to look at both sides. But who else do they run? I mean, yeah. you know, you, uh, Harris, I mean, nobody, I mean, nobody says Joe Biden don't run. Oh, and by the way, Kamala Harris, you please run. Nobody says that, yeah. you know, yeah. um, you know, the Pete Buttigieg. Yeah. Well, if we can keep transportation system in the country running, <laughs> that would be nice. Yeah. Um, you know, but again, again, that's a pothole mayor problem. Yes. Um, you know, and but I mean, you look at who else is out there. They just don't have the right now. And not, not to say they don't. They're, and they're, look, I, I disagree with them completely. Oh, there are a lot of good Democrats out there that could run in these seats. I still would hold out that you have a Joe Manchin run. I would still hold out that you have a, you know, somebody that, you know, because here's what's interesting about Democrats. Mm-hmm. Democrats will get behind even people they don't understand as long as they have the D behind their name, because they do understand that they'll get at least some of what they want. This is the big difference between Republicans and Democrats. Democrats are very satisfied to get some of what they want. Republicans, unfortunately, many times we're only satisfied if we get everything we want. 
And that's a big difference in governing. Let me ask you about last week uh, with regard to uh, 20 Republican holdouts. Uh, they were called the Taliban 20, <laughs> among other things, yeah. uh, who were basically holding Kevin McCarthy's feet to the fire. Uh, and, and, and I got to tell you, Doug, I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed watching the sausage being made, dude. And I, and I would like to see it happen because you know what? Uh, Hakeem Jeffries got a rubber stamp. Mitch McConnell got a rubber stamp. Uh, the, the voters, the Republican base uh, said, oh, no, not so much. We need some caveats here if we're going to hand you the gavel. What do you think about what happened last week? Look, I think it was fine. It was 12 years in, in the making. I mean, this is something that yeah. most people, a lot of people felt like, oh, this is new. No, it's not. I mean, this has been building for about 10 to 12 years, depending on how you want to count the numbers backwards. Republicans have made a habit of this in the last time, four times, five times we've had a speaker vote. Um, did they get some things that are very good? Yeah. The, the question is going to be in, in implementation. And also, I have a fear. And, and my right. fear is, is this, that they're setting it up to this is going to solve all of our problems. Oh, no. And, and, and that's going to be a problem. We got, we got to remind people that, you know, again, these are going to be good things for the House. We're going to see hopefully better, you know, deals coming. And, but it is setting up a, a potential train wreck. And that's going to be the interesting part when the Senate does the Senate stuff. And, and where it goes from there. So, but, but as far as like reading bills, doing all that, so a lot of that's already been in place for years. They okay. just don't ever do it. So the question is going to come now, will they do it? And look, I think what they did last week, you know, look, at the big grand scheme of things, you know, fine. What it did do was delay a lot of the stuff that Republicans wanted to do. That I means yeah. that was a problem from their perspective. But as far as anything else, no. Nah. It's just, it just did what they want to do. They got to, to talk about it. They got to gripe about it. Rules committee is going to be the interesting one. I served on rules committee for four years. Mm-hmm. Um, this one's going to be interesting. So, I mean, putting three people on there that could conceivably vote with Democrats to block amendments because that's how they would have to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but that could be interesting. So, it's you know, we're going to have to sit back and watch that one. What do you think about the uh, Brazil election? What's happening uh, with uh, President Lula? Uh, and his election, and I'll just go ahead and say it. I think it was uh, a faux election. I think it was uh, uh, it was a fraud. Um, what do you What do you think about? And you can you know whatever. Maybe you disagree. Uh, what do you think about what's happening in Brazil? What do you think is going to happen? Uh, it's, well, first off, it's just sad. I mean, did you see this? I don't know enough, and frankly, and, I, and I'll you know go. You know, your opinion is yours, and I, I don't have at this second enough to say okay, I agree or disagree on that one. But what I am seeing is is at a certain point, this is something I talked about five six years ago and people didn't believe me okay Mm. and and it was that when we get to the point to where people inherently don't trust an election wherever you are in the world in america it's very important and this is i've had problems with both republicans democrats real fraud real abuse needs to be pointed out and needs to be held accountable Mm -hmm. but when we go into it and there's a question in people's mind that it and i heard this a little bit before the election this time it doesn't even matter that's that chops at the very tree of liberty that we were founded on yes sir and um so i'm concerned about it i I think we've got to get back to a situation where people no matter what the outcome is we trust it we may not agree with it but as long as there's you know uh, it's ability for everyone to vote everyone's counted properly there's no fraud there's no anything then we've got to get back there because if you inherently take this country for all of its many institutions that is the most basic yes sir lose it then if we lose it we're in deep trouble, and now you're seeing it in other countries as well. Well, and I like to say that, uh, you know, we've got a bourgeois, we've got a proletariat, we have a Bastille in Washington, D.C., and when you take away and you, you we provide the, the perception that you will not have a say in government because the elections have been corrupted, then you leave the people with little choice, and that is to rebel against it. I'm not saying about a violent revolution, but, you know, an enough is enough is enough is enough, and I think we've had enough. Listen, Doug, I appreciate you being on the show today. I know you're a busy man. Where can 
people find you online? I know you do uh, You do uh, the Doug Collins podcast, which is awesome. Where can people find you, bro? Well, either go to DougCollinsPodcast.com. That's where they can keep up with the podcast. They can also email me there. And I also keep up on uh, online. Uh, at Rep Doug Collins is my Twitter account. We keep up there. Instagram, anywhere they want to go, they'll find me. All right, my friend. Have a glorious week. God bless, Godspeed, and happy New Year to you. Take care, my friend. Take All right, care. let's take a break. It's the Rob Carson Show. In the 60s, we had LBJ. Now, we have FJB. It's the Rob Carson Show. Thank you very much to uh, Doug Collins for joining us today. Always a good perspective. Uh, Next hour, it's James Rosen of uh, Newsmax. Newsmax has added him to the lineup, and he is a very impressive journalist. Let's talk a little bit about what's going on in Brazil. They copied our election in 2020. Yeah. It's Jim Gossett. When elections... Get stolen just like here down there in Rio De Janeiro, hey They don't cower Like the rhinos do in fear Support their leader They stole it Bolsonaro Pretty much Lulu's the kind of person With a criminal persuasion Dirty dealing Election stealing Hey, he's a criminal He's a fraud like Biden Another guy who didn't really win Pin Biden center, anybody? They are showing Hey they are showing bravery down there in Rio. I'm wearing a coconut bra. And a fruit They hat. won't shudder or back down like Hannity. No, they won't tremble like a rhino. Hey. <laughs> Wish we had some. Wish we had some guys with stones like down in Rio. Would be nice. De Janeiro. De Janeiro. Like Rob Carson. Hey, what? Who doesn't make no bones that votes were stolen. Okay. From the get-go. Yeah, pretty much. Like in Rio. <laughs> like in Rio. <laughs> like in Rio. Yeah, you know why? Because it was my opinion. And, and uh, honestly, you can have your opinion even if you think an election was stolen. You have your right to your opinion even if it's wrong. I'm not saying that my opinion was wrong either, by the way. You just you're, you have a right to an opinion. You have a right to an opinion on everything. COVID, uh, the election. I mean, nobody has the right to tell you you cannot have thoughts. Nice try, though. Really, really good try. God knows a lot of people who do what I do for a living shut their mouths. I didn't. There's nothing wrong with having an opinion. All right? We are guaranteed by the First Amendment. And the day that a government says that you can't have one is the day that that government needs to go bye-bye. It needs to be investigated. So uh, you got uh, protests on Sunday in Brasilia, the Brazilian capital, uh, being portrayed by the socialists uh, as a uh, violent and harrowing event led by the anti-Bolsonaro uh, protest. Here's, here's what happened. Seventy days, millions of, uh, of Bolsonaro um, opponents peacefully protested in cities around the country. And it wasn't until Lula was uh, sworn into office that they decided to move a bunch of uh, leftist prov- provocateurs into the crowd so they could create what I would consider. Consider uh, a Reichstag fire. It is a, a classic uh, a scenario. It was used originally by Hitler. It's been used in the past, I would venture to say. And I said on January the 7th, there were some hints of that kind of happening in Washington, D.C. And I stick by that. I do. I do. Even though it's technically disinformation. Here is uh, Matt Tiermont. He was a, uh, uh, a journalist. And uh, I want you to listen to his comparison. Uh, and I'll just let him do it. Uh, the comparison between 2020 and the election January the 6th and what's going on in Brazil. They have this hard-fought 
constitutional republic and strong, robust democracy, or do they? Lula was, as you correctly stated, a convicted felon. That's the new president, a convicted felon. 19 judges, uh, 12 charges, 12-year sentence, and released by a Supreme Court justice, Alexander de Moraes, and his team of fellow traveling... All three branches of government abjectly corrupt in Brazil. Supreme Court justices to enter into this election, and then this election had no transparency. Huh. So the protesters who protested... Feels like you couldn't have an opinion about it. Last 70 days, peacefully. You no, couldn't inspect ballots and stuff. No arson, no violence, uh, just wanted a evidence proof that this was an honest election. That's usually what we want is evidence and proof. They did not get it. They have stayed by the military, begging the military to adjudicate the separated powers dispute. Now it turns out as For the a plot de usually, Democrats uh, adjudicate isn't what teachers do. It does thicken in these situations that there were many an agent provocateur yesterday at these buildings and doing incredible gross damage breaking wind. I believe there was a guy there named uh, uh, Ray Epsantos there windows and such and it looks like this is telling people go on in go on in we go into the capital go into the capital like la, la capital uh, turning into a reichstag fire and being used to clamp down on these whoa, 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 what did he just say right there like a tour yesterday at these buildings and doing incredible gross damage breaking windows and such and it looks like this is turning into a reichstag fire and being used to clamp down on these Democratic protests. Huh. The protests are no more. The camps have been disbanded. By the way, government officials had uh, been notified that there would be some activity on those days, kind of like what happened on January the 6th. By executive and judicial mandate and fiat. And now they've set up a concentration camp where 1,200... Huh. We got one of those in D.C. now. Brazilian citizens are locked in the gymnasium and grounds of the Federal Police Training Center in Brasilia. And it has just been reported that two of them have died. There is no water, no food, no bathrooms. Brazilian countrymen of this government are being treated in worse circumstances. So it begs the question, um, is it coming here or did we inspire them? And I would venture to say it's the latter. Let's take a break. It's the Rob Carson Show. That's going to do it for the show, guys. Yep, uh, people still work in the fields, Yeah, and they don't care what color you are. Uh, have a glorious day. God bless you guys. Uh, I will see you tomorrow. And until tomorrow, please don't catch the stupid. I'll see you then.